Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I want to get right to this episode. Before we do, I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. want to let you know the best way to reach out to me is probably an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com or through my Instagram account at jscottoutdoors. Just send me a direct message. I want to thank GoHunt.com. They are the title sponsor and have been since the inception of my podcast in 2015. You guys know Cody Nelson, my friend, the glassing guru, the optics authority there, the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you guys have any optics needs, any tripod, any glassing questions, you can reach out to Cody directly at 602-399-3699. You can text or call him. That is his cell phone. You can also reach him at 702-847-8747. You can email optics at gohunt.com. Make sure to always use, whether ordering online or if you're calling and and call Cody Direct, use the J. Scott promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount. Um, also, you get a 10% discount at the Go Hunt Insider, which has incredible um, mapping now with the Go Hunt maps. Um, it also has amazing draw odds and strategy articles, uh, which is super important this spring going into application season. Go check it out um, gohunt.com uh, forward slash J Scott. Uh, and if you use the J Scott promo code, you're going to get a $50 Go Hunt gift uh, gear shop gift card um, when you sign up um, just by using the j scott uh, promo code i also want to thank kuyu ultralight hunting i've been using um, kuyu gear since 2010 um, when the company started they're based out of california Um, my late friend jason harrison was the founder of that company and Um, Since Jason's passing, the company has just continued to push the bar of excellence and innovation. Uh, Go to Kuyu, that's K-U-I-U.com. You can order it's a direct-to-consumer website. Um, They also have uh, a retail store in Dallas, Texas, as well as the headquarters in Dixon, California. Go to Kuyu, K-U-I-U.com to order. Uh, I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Cheston and his guys over there at Phonescope um, make the best digiscoping adapters for your binos or for your spotting scope. Use the JSCOT24 promo code and get a 10% discount on all orders. Guys, let's get right to this episode. Again, I appreciate you tuning in um, and God bless. Craig Steele is in the house. How are you, bud? Good, you? Good. I'm anxious to talk to you today. We've got the Arizona elk and antelope regulations coming up here in about a week, and it's always you're always one on my list that I want to get pick your brain and see how things are looking in your world. Sweet man. Well, let's roll then. Awesome. Um, so we're about a week away. Arizona elk and antelope application deadline season. How do you see us? With weather patterns, with moisture that you've seen around, how do you see us going into the application period? In, in other words, if you're an out-of-stater and you're looking at this year, you know, where does Craig Steele see us you know, right now at this current moment and with maybe potential forecasts um, that obviously can be predictable or unpredictable? 
I don't think we're as good as we were last year at this point. I mean, it, it's it's not about think we're not, but uh, we had some recent storms that kind of started us on track, and then we're supposedly in an El Nino weather pattern, and there's supposed to be a good storm coming this weekend. Um, with a three-month outlook, it's showing, you know, better chances for above normal precipitation through March. Obviously, that could be wrong. Um, but uh, I think it's it's not as, as a slam dunk as it was last year, but it's definitely uh, trending in the right direction. So um, I've got several guys that have max points that I told them, to wait until this week and then I'd get back with them and give them my educated, you know, opinion. And then they got to make the decision. So, um, you know, based on their own personal things that are going on, but I think we're, uh, in decent shape, you know, as long as it just doesn't totally flip on us and, you know, go backwards. Uh, yeah, go backwards. So, um, so coming off of last year, um, you feel like the elk coming off of last season, well, let me back up. How was last season as far as antler growth and how was it as far as bugling and whatnot? And then how did the elk go, you know, come out of all of the seasons and going into, you know, dropping their antlers here pretty soon and, and going into new growth? Like if, if we had another, let's say above average year moisture wise, do you think it'd be two in a row that, you know, all of a sudden we'd be trending in the right direction? So going into last summer, you know, going into the dry season, May and June, we were in, we were in great shape. Um, as far as for elk, um, the bulls had plenty of feed. Um, we had good spring, good winter precipitation. Um, you know, they, they were just in great shape. And then we had a, lackluster monsoon season um it was very sporadic um but we had uh, good catch water for the most part in the areas that we hunted um which was different than like a 2019 or 2020 when we had good antler growth back to back um because we didn't have as much catch water um but the monsoon season was was very very sporadic kind of late lackluster uh, the rut, in my opinion, you know, I hunted uh, Unit 10 during the archery and early rifle season, um, and then I hunted 18A um, with a family uh, member on the early rifle as well. The rut was very, very, I would say, compact. Um, I felt like the rut intensified the first Wednesday of the archery hunt so the you know going into what is that the like the fifth day so around the fifth to about the seventh or eighth day i felt like you know where i was hunting it picked up and kind of peaked and then we kind of waited or thought it was gonna you know you know just kind of lull out and then come back and it just seemed like it just kind of lulled out um yeah, they they seem like they they rut it again you know maybe a second cycle in uh, the second or third week in october um you know because we did have 
quite a bit of antler breakage again, but uh, it, it really didn't affect too much the archery hunt, or at least where I was hunting or where we were hunting. So um, we had a long dry spell from basically the first week of October until about Christmas. We didn't have any precipitation, which, you know, if we can pick a time when we don't have any precipitation, that would be ideal. Um, Meaning throughout you know, the year, if you're not going to have it, that's the best time to have it. It's not ideal that we had it. It's just that if you were going to pick yeah. a dry time, that's a that's a dry time that doesn't hurt us that bad. Yeah, as it doesn't it doesn't have the you know as as big of impacts as what uh, you know as what uh, a period from now until March could have. Sure. You know, um, so. You know, the animals looked fairly healthy for the most part from what we saw. Um, I, there was still good browse um, for the most part. Um, I, do I think it's going to be as good as last year? I don't know, you know, um, because going into last year, we had a good monsoon season, even though, you know, in, uh, in 2022, 20, we had a good monsoon season. So we had a lot of holdover feed to carry you through as well but man you, you can't get you we you, we can analyze this to death to where it's like oh, you never draw you right. know, or you never apply especially with the date being the you know second week in february when the deadline is but you know if it, if it was me and i had the time and resources and whatnot and everything lined up and i had max points this year i'd be applying you know point guard if it lulls out then you can always point guard your your points you know um but i would i would be applying okay with that being said the archery hunt the 13th through the 26th we've got a full moon on the 18th um how do you think that full moon is going to play into the archery hunt uh i don't know i i i you know the full moon is, I mean, it to me, it's an excuse, and it's also, you know what I mean? Like, I realize there's impacts there, but to me, it's like, you know. It wouldn't you make you in. not put in, though. No, no. I, I, I hear a lot of guys overanalyzing that, and then you get down to real time, and it's like, what if you have a bunch of cows cycling right there? Yeah, they might they might be running all night um you know or, or or you know going pretty good at night and they might shut up early but they also you might have a you know a 10 to 2 type scenario you know where if you're you know they they only can rest for so long before they get up and i always look at, i think the micro weather impacts it more than a full moon so i i know i'm going to be guiding hunts or hunting myself no matter what and i just Man, you, you're trying to align a lot of stars if you're paying attention to the full moon. As hey, well you can't as... have a podcast and not talk about the full moon, buddy. Oh, I know. We, I we've got to but... have something to talk about. You know how it is. It's it's the excuse when things are going bad, and it's hey, I'll know, call you about mid September next year and go. Remember when you said the moon doesn't mean anything? I mean, I just, <laughs> I mean, I know it has impacts, but to what degree? You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. Gosh dang, you know, I mean, to what degree does it have impacts? I, I, 
you know you I just think you it, just it, change it, your tactics and and deal with it is what you're saying um yeah what what do you think it. unit 10 you've you've born and raised right there hunted unit 10 um yeah since you were dunking on jefferson um that was a jab by the way um for those of you that don't know craig and i's relationship uh yeah unit 10 trending up down sideways what are we doing i think it's just i think it's chopping sideways i think it's in good shape you know um right now as long as the tags don't get bumped up anymore um i think there's a good you know good age class not as we've talked before it's not the mid 2000 age class but i think it's an overall good age class um and i i think it's one of the best hunt if not the best hunt in the state for early archery and early rifle do you see, still get those years where the bugling is really good in 10 or would you say like Remember the mid 2000s, like 05? Remember how just insane it was? You know, the bugling and the rutting. I mean, do you think those years I, are gone or do you see glimmers of that every once in a while? It seems like it, I think the last year where we had like a nutcase year was 2017. It seems like, like every, you might get one out of five, six years. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with probably pressure. You know what I mean? Um, down. Maybe down. inconsistent. Um, our monsoons have been very inconsistent. You know, um, I think I think we used to have a, and I'm just going based on feelings, not actually facts here. I'd have to pull up the data, but and, and I don't have the brain power to do that right now. But I, I I think I think those are all factors there you know it seems like you know specifically on the on the public side of stuff that you know everybody's got even if they're not going guided they've got five or ten buddies and you know it's it's really amped up on the public side you know um the the pressure's real you know and in the late 90s early mid 2000s you know you just didn't have have you know the demand and the it, you know i remember when I, I first started going in unit 10 was the first year i ever went there was 2001 and at the time there was really no maps other than the old tim pender map who was the old unit 10 um, game and fish manager and he had kind of put that bokeas map together um it was double-sided it was i don't know 24 by 36 i remember getting it laminated um had four or five copies of them but you know that was our map and now you know you've got all the mapping app technologies um where literally from what i heard from dar and some of my buddies that have hunted 10 recently compared to the, you know us old guys that hunted it way back then um and there's guys that hunted it you know 80s 90s way before me but it seems like there's not as many secrets. Everyone knows, you know, exactly where every knob is. They know how to get there. Even if they haven't been there, they can navigate there. Whereas, you know, when we used to go with a very limited map, um, you know, it seemed like you could find some of those good spots and kind of not have anybody there. And, you know, but I think that's the nature of the beast. I think you've got, um, you know, people 
you know, getting better at what they do and using technology to their benefit and, you know, using equipment, which, you know, you've got Rocksteady, um, the brand you've started where now people are, you know, stabilizing their rifles and, and, you know, being able to shoot better, more accurate, you know, longer distances, you know, you name it. I think we're just getting better. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's absolutely the truth. It just, uh, it's, it's just the evolution of the game, right? I mean, um, it's communication has changed things, whether, you know, divine communication is radio, cell phones, mapping technology, um, you know, it has completely changed things um, to where, you know, you can still have an enjoyable experience, but it just, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the, the kind of mystique to it that it once had. You used, you used to think like you were the only one in the area, you know, um, and now, you know, you see post and you're like, man, they were hunting the knobs I was hunting must have been the days I wasn't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there's, there's definitely, uh, an evolution to it to where I, I think the animals have, have changed somewhat as well too. You know, um, I know last year we had a guy that he had the early rifle tag and he does some guiding for us and he ended up turning his tag back cause he didn't find a bull he wanted to kill. And that was his own, his own, you know, preference. But uh, he was staying up all night with elk and just, you know, looking at him. And he was like, man, I've been all over every square inch of this unit. And he's like, all the elk are running at night and shutting up by the first 30 minutes of daylight. You know, he's like, I mean, he was literally living with the elk. Um, and he said they were just going nuts at night. You know, and we would hear them at night too. I mean, luckily, I mean, obviously, we've got some private property in Unit Ten that we can we can hunt that uh, diminishes the hunt pressure and and makes it a little bit more natural. Um, but I think the weather impacts that as well. You know, we didn't have a good strong monsoon season, so the cows just weren't cycling as much. But it makes a big difference with the pressure, you know. And then you know, you if if you got a buddy or two and they're on one side of the air you know, unit, whether it be unit nine, unit 10, 23, um, what, whatever. And they're over there and, you know, it's going nuts over there. You used to not be able to get that message message through. Now it's instant. And then, you know, you might, you're not the only one of the buddies out there. And then before you know it, there's, you know, 10 trucks. Yeah. I mean, you take unit 10 alone and the limited cell service that it used to have and and then with you know starlink and so, you know most every camp has a starlink and everybody's yeah. able to text and it's like hey i got bulls over here it's real they're on they're hot all of a sudden like guys come from the other side of the unit the next morning they're all right there and so you know what used to be you know you're up there by you know rogers tank or big bud or over there at you know, out there on the cliffs or, you know, whatever it may be. And, you, you know, you've got all that action to yourself and you're looking around and there's nobody around. And, you know, today, you know, everyone texts, you know, four or five texts out. And all of a sudden the next morning, you know, you've got, you know, 15 trucks in the same drainage and you're like, what just happened? Well, what happened is communication. And, yep, absolutely. you know, we've all been on either the good side or the bad side of communication where, you know, you got a buddy struggling, get over here, they're bugling good, or, you know, you're 
into them yourself and all of a sudden you know 10 trucks show up and you've you know communication is what it is um okay so unit 10 you think just kind of trending sideways um have you been bouncing around in nine or eight or um we had a hundred of those units had, to be able to give a pulse on that yeah we had a hundred last year in nine it was it was similar archery hunt the guy was a great guy he killed his first archery bull with us killed like a it was just a mature look like like 330 type bull guy you know was just ecstatic to kill the bull but uh the young guy that was guiding him he's he knows elk he's he grew up with me and whatnot and he same kind of deal he there were some big bulls they were on some big bulls but you know similar to dar's experience this year in unit 10 it was just there's just people everywhere and just you know there's you know it, it just can make it rough but yeah unit nine was good uh unit eight uh i we we didn't have anything really going on in the in there that's obviously that unit's got some bomber genetics but i just think they've just pounded the tags in there and with the cow tag um i guess my daughter's boyfriend had that elk tag but he's very inexperienced um it it, it with the cow tags that are in there and the you know as far as the archery hunt goes um you can kill a big bull in there but it's extremely pressured a lot of campers a lot of recreationalists you know how that goes it's it's got great genetics i would love to see that hunt come back you know um but uh and then i was in 18a which is now a general uh bull elk hunt and uh that unit has some bomber genetics just like unit 10 um the only there's two big private ranches on there um one is extremely expensive the other one uh i think it's a very limited chance that you you know you're if you get a hold of the right guy you might be able to get on the property but the public side is very subdivided um there can be some big bulls but i ended up showing up there the last four or five days of the early rifle hunt and it was it was uh a, like a dead zone i mean and you could just tell the elk were really pressured we did have one of our young guys had that tag on the archery hunt he killed a 380 bull uh, on the first day he found him in a little pocket um, that nobody else was hunting and you know he's a heck of a hunter and got him killed um so you know there's uh, unit eight i'm i'm down on that unit I, I just i know there's great genetics i just i don't like that you know i'd rather uh, if a guy's going to put in for a mid-tier unit as far as for the archery hunt, I think like a a 7 West or a 5B North is a better hunt than Unit 8 is, um, even though you might end up, somebody might kill a giant out of there. But uh, I just think the rutting activity is, is very, very uh, slow in there, it seems like, from from what I've I've witnessed over the last five six years you know? what do you think about unit 10 on the late archery and then the unit 10 i believe there's a muzzle loader and then unit 10 yeah. late elk what what do you think about all those yeah so the the late archery hunt you know if you get the right type of guy in there you might be able to do something because there's low permits you know you but you're hunting broken bulls um you know so you you go after the muzzleloader hunt so keep that in mind. The muzzleloader hunt has 75 permits. They worked it back up to 75. I think the muzzleloader hunt is a is a good hunt for it's now 20 points for non-residents, max points on that hunt. Jeez. I mean, it's it's the point creep is real. 
Um, don't expect you're going to go out there every, you know, uh, every year there's, there's a couple bulls that are killed or in that 350 to, you know, 400 range on that hunt. Um, I think, a you know, a, a 320 to a 350 is more, uh, realistic, you know, and you're still doing good to get, to get those killed. Um, but you can have an opportunity to, to kill a, you know, a bigger bull because they still exist, but you're just, you're only hunting about 10% of, 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 of what you would have been hunting on the early archery hunt just because of what bulls have been killed. Um, the, the antler breakage, you know, is a real thing, but I, I think the muzzleloader hunt, uh, out of those three hunts that you mentioned is a way better hunt. Um, the late rifle hunt, um, it's it's got a lot more tags in it um it's it's a challenge you know to to kill something that's in the 340 to 350 range like you're gonna be one of only a handful of people that kills a bull like that um if you do um more realistic is in that you know 280 to 330 range you know um and those are solid bulls, but they're usually not the bulls that guys are dreaming of killing. Uh, unless you're, you know, we do get guys that just, that, that, that'll book with us. It'll be like, I just want to kill a six point, you know, um, that's hard for me on the late hunt. I usually don't personally guide the late hunt anymore in there just because I'm doing sheep hunts. Um, but it's hard for me because that's usually when the younger age class gets killed because the older age class bulls are usually broke or they're very, very, uh, on that late hunt, very, very, uh, wallowed into the thick stuff. Let's shift gears here. Um, talk about antelope. Um, unless your heart's so broken, you don't want to talk about it. No, I'll talk about antelope. All right. Give me your report. We, our antelope herds are in trouble. Uh, I mean, they are, I'm looking at the totals here. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the lowest number of antelope tags we've had in a long time. So there's 319 general pronghorn tags, so the rifle hunt, 35 muzzleloader tags, and 176 rifle tags. There is not that many antelope in the state of Arizona anymore. Um, encroachment has heavily impacted our pronghorn antelope along with predators and drought. Um, they are in a bad, bad way. And, uh, I think that's why you're seeing like the auction raffle hunters killing bucks that are, you know, used to be 90 plus good luck finding a 90 plus now, not that it won't happen, but, uh, definitely hard hard to come by um so with that being said that's kind of the negative side of it positive side of it is if you do get a tag they've cut a lot of tag numbers unit 10s down to 60. um i think unit sevens kind of bumped up to 40. um down the the unit that was kind of heralded as the number one unit uh last year is 5B North or 5B. Um, 
it's got 21 rifle tags. It's a good unit. Um, I like the 18A personally. I like the 18A muzzleloader hunt. It goes before the rifle hunt. They have a rifle hunt in there as well. Um, unit nine. My dad killed a, a big buck out of there a couple years ago. It starts, there's two hunts, Unit 7 and Unit 9 that start October 4th. Uh, and then there's 3A that starts October 4th as well. The rest of the hunts all start, as far as rifle hunts, start September 6th. Um, except for those ones that are split into uh, a late start that have a muzzleloader hunt going ahead of them, like an 18A. So, you know, for guys, I, I think, you know, it's hard to say this, but, you know, max points is 27, I think it's 27 to like 32. Um, and uh, a lot of non-residents that I've talked to, once they draw their antelope tag, they'll never put in for Arizona again. They may never draw that antelope tag, depending on what their age is, just because of our shrinking numbers. There's still some solid bucks, you know, um, uh, 82 to 85 inch buck is is now a, a kind of a top end buck. Uh, it's it's extremely rare to see a true 91 that actually legitly scores 90 plus. It's hard to come by. They just we just don't have enough antelope. The pronghorn habitat has just been massacred by development, um, and that's just. That's just the truth, you know. Um, I know in some of the units they've been doing some some uh, tree thinning uh, with the the cedar juniper trees, uh, or not? I guess not the yeah the juniper trees, not the pinions. They've been leaving the pinion trees, but they've been they've been trying to do their best to to clear out some of the the juniper and cedar to and they uh, you know to try to give them some travel corridors back um, because they've lost so much uh, grassland habitat and some of their travel corridors. But yeah, I mean, the unit I like the most is 18A muzzleloader, 5B rifle, um, unit 10. We do have private property in there. So we killed a big buck on there last year, an 83 inch buck um, on there. That's obviously that's a different beast because you don't have the pressure. Um, but even, you know, throughout unit 10, there's the, the, the numbers are down and it reflects it in the tags. Finally, um, unit nine, I like that one as well. Uh, I don't, we had 119 B last year, a good friend and client and, uh, they saw some bucks. There were some young bucks in there, but that unit, is very, very uh, cut up with developments and just, it's a nightmare to access. Uh, it, some of these units along I-40 anymore, specifically in, uh, in antelope country, they can, they're, they're not necessarily enjoyable to hunt and scout anymore just because there's so much development going on, and especially since COVID. Um, a lot of cheap land has been sold off and a lot of bleed over from other states when they've just thrown up trailers and a fence and a no trespassing sign and blocked off the road. And, you know, before too long, that impacts the antelope herd. So that's where I'm at on, on antelope. And as far as 
you know, archery goes, you know, a lot of DIY guys, we don't get that many archery antelope hunters as much as we used to just because the tag numbers are so low. And a lot of the guys that draw um, non-residents aren't waiting for those tags. They can just go to Wyoming or, you know, Colorado or some of these other states that have more animal population. But, uh, you know, you can still kill good bucks and have a fun time on the archery antelope hunt. Um, just don't be expecting to be hunting an 85-plus-inch buck with your bow. It's just kind of rare nowadays. That's a pretty good breakdown. Um, I want to finish by asking you how Rocksteady is going and what the state of Rocksteady is right now and um, your current lineup and you working on other stuff and any any kind of um, update you might have and maybe give people a little bit of, you know, if they haven't heard of Rocksteady, what it is. So Rocksteady is a brand uh, I started and then uh, partnered with uh, my partner now um, we're a self-funded brand so that means you know no investors or anything like that we're self-funding out of our pocket we launched a new bipod i think it was two years ago um, and we've got five different models of that bipod line um, and we've we actually just had our best year. Um, you know, we're, we're both working this business, growing this brand uh, while doing other stuff so we don't rob from the, the business. Because that's, you know, as you know, most most companies fail because, you know, unless they have investors or, or uh, they have another job to pay themselves, um, they rob from the business and just starve it of cash flow. So we had a great year this last year. We've had a very successful run with our current line of iPods. Um, we're continuing to build those. In fact, actually, we just we just sold out last week of our last inventory, um, and we're also adding an additional line of iPods that we're calling uh, there are HK line of iPods. Um, our initial line of iPods have pan tilt functions, as well as independent leg functions. Um, and this HK line will just have a cant feature uh, like your typical bipod, but they'll have our Rocksteady carbon fiber legs and uh, they're gonna be lighter than our current line, which we're calling our OG line. And then they're gonna be uh, a little bit simpler as far as you don't have the functions with the pan tilt. And they're going to be coming in at a lower price point, which is, you know, one of the things we're looking at uh, accomplishing. We should have those up and available to per be purchased by the mid to late February. And then shortly after that, we should have our other line uh, restocked. Uh, we machine all of the aluminum exterior parts are machined at my partner's uh, shop saturn cnc and completely designed in the usa machined in the usa uh, we outsource some of the leg parts to different companies within the usa um that we but we design them just because you know we uh, my partner's shop isn't uh you know 
he doesn't he's still growing and he doesn't he's only got a couple cnc machines uh the only part that we outsource outside of the u.s is our carbon fiber tubes um, everything's assembled here designed here and uh made here so it's going good um, we do have uh penciled in and we do have some prototype stuff with a tripod head that we've been working on for a while um and we're hopefully going to have a, proto, a full functioning prototype uh, by midsummer. And then we do a thing called beta testing um, with some of our product line. And we'll, we'll do, we're going to do it again with a tripod head. We'll probably pick five uh, hand-picked guys from our email list. Um, that's how you get eligible as you submit via our email list and then you communicate to us on a one-on-one basis and what we do is we build up we have working prototypes that we send out and then we get feedback from the guys and what we like to see with that is guys that uh may, maybe they're hunting in different places like when we launched our first line of bipods we had 10 beta testers and uh we had a beta tester in canada you know, a couple in the Northwest, about four or five in the Southwest. So kind of get different environments there, um, especially being a small company. You know, um, we want to just get different feedback from, you know, different environments, different conditions within our product line. So, yeah, it's been going great. We've had great reviews on our bipods. We're just continually making improvements. Um, and then, uh, uh, we have a plan to, you know, launch even more products, but that's not, not something for a future date, but we're excited about our HK line of bipods because, uh, our, uh, specifically in our, our smaller bipods, our prone S prone and the P226, they're going to be able to compete in a price point. Um, and the weights are on, on them as far as how much they actually weigh is, is, uh, it's three ounces lighter than our other line. And, uh, man, we're just, we're ecstatic to get those out because we think they're going to just, we think they're going to, those three specific models are really going to sell through fantastic. So pretty Good. excited about that. Well, it's been fun watching the progression of the company and wish you the best of success. Um, glad you were able to come on here and share a little bit with us on how things are looking and hopefully some guys that are looking to put in for unit 10 and whatnot um, got some tidbits there that will help them decide um, what to do and it's always great having you on the podcast buddy all right jay thank you i appreciate it man okay god bless take care oh i want to give you a chance to let people know how they can reach out to you guys at exclusive pursuit or rocksteady yeah so exclusive pursuit outfitters.com um, my phone number is 928-315-5889 um, for guiding stuff. And uh, that's the line I use right now for Rocksteady. Rocksteady's website is rocksteadyhuntinggear.com. You can just Google R-O-K-S-T-E-D-I. That's how we spell Rocksteady. And you'll see all sorts of content to come up. Um, you can Google, you know, exclusive pursuit outfitters as well, and it'll pull up a bunch of content. We're on all the social media platforms as well, so you can use the search bars there as well. And we prefer 
you know, text or a phone call or an email versus some of the direct messaging stuff. But if you're on there, what, you know, it might be a little bit longer for us to get to you if you're DMing us just, just because sometimes we don't always check those um, over our phones and, you know, emails. Right on, buddy. Sounds good. We'll um, tell everyone hello up there and, and I appreciate you coming on. All right, Jay. Sounds good. All right. Take care.